It is episode number two of By All Means, presented by Martusio Chiropractic and Health Center, 369 Niles Cortland Road in Warren. Give them a call at 330-856-9595. Back for episode number two here on a Western Reserve Radio. Mr. Ferris, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Mr. Means? I'm here. Are you supposed to say I'm not Mr. Means, that's my dad. No, that could be <laughs> me too. Episode number two, by all means, we are back with you. Of course, Live 365, tune in, com, and on Facebook as well. So coming up on today's show, the original plan was to talk about the boys and girls tournament teams that are still left. But there has been a development about that tournament that we'll get to here in a moment. Youngstown State is picked to be in the CIT tournament. Our Pittsburgh Penguins insider, John Rudder from News Channel 5 in Cleveland, will join us. We'll also get to the Big Ten men's basketball tournament, all coming up in the next hour. But uh, developments within the last couple of hours on a press release from the Ohio High School Athletic Association after Governor Mike DeWine announced yesterday, or actually today, that all indoor sporting events in Ohio, including high school, collegiate, and professional sports, shall continue with most spectators in attendance, without most. most spectators in attendance. So with that being said, today's tournament games will go on as normal. Right, because ticket sales were already pre-done. But starting tomorrow with tomorrow's events, and they haven't come up with an official determination of what this number will be. But they're going to only allow immediate family to attend the events. Right. Immediate family of the student athletes. Meaning mother, fathers, brothers, sisters, and that's it. Well, the number that they <clears throat> mentioned in the press conference, that they, they haven't come to an official determination of what that number will be yet. Mm-hmm. But the number they were talking about in the press conference earlier today was four. So, I mean, it's one of those where. Two, four, three, whatever you come up with, somebody's going to be left out. Right. But it, it's it's more of a precautionary thing. Jerry Snodgrass, who is the executive director of the OHSAA, had his press conference today about 45 minutes ago that they carried live on Facebook. So we will get to that, and we'll have a whole lot more coming up on the show. But when we come back, we look at the local teams still playing in the tournament. One girls team goes for a state title this week. Who is that? We'll tell you next. It's by all means brought to you by Martusio Chiropractic and Health Center in Howard. Means on Western Reserve Radio brought to you by Martusio Chiropractic and Health Center. Give Dr. Martusio a call. Accepting new patients now, 330-856-9595. Coming up later on in the show, right around 525, John Rudder, a Pittsburgh Penguins insider, will join us to find out just what the hell is going on with the Pittsburgh Penguins. But first... As we like to do in the opening segment, we keep it local, and uh, we focus on the girls' and boys' teams still playing in the OHSAA basketball tournament. And congratulations to Coach DeShields and the West Branch Warriors. They have advanced to the state semifinal in Division II coming up on Thursday. They are playing Dayton Carroll, who's 23-5. West Branch finished the year ranked 7th in the state of Ohio. In Division Two, they are twenty-four and three. They will play Thursday at St. John Arena at Ohio State University. Make sure to note that at St. John's Arena, not at the main, 
the old arena if you're going to the game. It's at it's at St. John's, which uh, we've actually been to for a skull session. Yeah. So Beautiful they, facility. I've been there for a couple of volleyball games. They too. still use it for a lot of things. Yeah. So the winner between West Branch and Dayton Carroll will play the winner of Dresden, Tri-Valley, and Napoleon in the state championship game Saturday morning at 1045. So good luck to Coach DeShields and West Branch. I actually saw them play in person a couple of times last year. That was a junior-laden team that is now full of seniors. So uh, they've got a good chance against a very good Dayton Carroll team and then a potential matchup against undefeated Napoleon, who finished number three during the regular season. Hopefully they can bring home some championships. In the boys' regionals for the Valley in Division Two, coming up in Canton on Thursday at 6-15, Cheney defeated Struthers last week. So at 19-6, the Cheney Cowboys have moved up to the regional semifinal. But the task is not easy for the Cowboys at all, Dave. Against one of my favorite teams. Of course. <laughs> Fourth-ranked Akron St. Vincent St. Mary's, who's 20-4. and four. That's at the Memorial Civic Arena in Canton, Thursday at 6-15. The winner of that game matches up with the Cleveland Heights Lutheran East Worcester Triway winner uh, in the regional final that'll be Saturday at high noon. In Division Three in Canton, but at the Fieldhouse. It is Atwater Waterloo, who's 23-2 against the LeBray Vikings, who are 19-6 at the Canton Fieldhouse tomorrow night at 8. The winner of that matchup faces the Creston Norwayne Warrensville Heights winner. And Warrensville Heights is a bit of a Cinderella story. At 14-12, they've been on quite a bit of a run that gets them to the regional semifinal. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But Good luck to LeBray playing tomorrow night at 8. LeBray's not – they've been to this far before. They have. They've been this a few years ago. I, I remember a player that's outstanding that they had, I want to say, five, six years ago. He went to Davidson. Yes. And he was like – Six, seven? Yeah, he was real big. He was tall. And we, in fact, we saw him at the – Booba, I believe, too. We saw him Dang. at the Booba. We saw him play in the tournament over at Howland that year, right. I believe, too. Yeah. So yeah, they've they've, they've got, got a strong program. They've got quite the tradition with LeBray, you know, coming off the win that they had over Newton Falls a couple games ago. Which, when you play your arch rival in the tournament, it makes it that much more fun. Yeah. And in Division Four, how about Warren John F. Kennedy? They are twelve and thirteen. And they are in the regional semifinal against Richmond Heights, who's 21-4. That game, about an hour from now, at 6-15 at the Fieldhouse in Canton. The winner of that game then matches up with the winner of McDonald and Lucas. Coach Brazil's Blue Devils are 22-3. Lucas is 25-1. Right around this spot is where McDonald has had their problem getting over the hump the last couple of years. But they've got a really good team. Guarantee Warren JFK wins this game. They will be sitting there watching of course. McDonald-Lucas game. Right. And rooting for McDonald yeah, you, only to beat him the next day. You'd love to have an all-local matchup that oh, would yeah. potentially be Friday at 7 at the Fieldhouse in Canton. Lucas is a very good team. It's going to be a challenge for McDonald. 
uh, and Coach Brazil in that matchup. So those are the local basketball teams for the boys and girls. First off, West Branch plays for a right to go to the state championship Thursday at 1 at St. John Arena. Uh, for the boys, Channing plays Akron St. Vincent St. Mary Thursday at 6.15 at the Civic Center. LeBray plays Atwater Waterloo at the Canton Fieldhouse tomorrow night at 8. And then if you're looking for a game to go to, in fact, you should probably already be there. You should be heading there now. If you want to take in that doubleheader today with Richmond Heights and Warren John F. Kennedy and then McDonald and Lucas because the Fieldhouse fills up quickly. Been there, called some games from there in the past, but that is a facility that fills up very, very quickly. So if you are uh, if you're listening to us in the car heading that way, hopefully you're getting there in the very near future. We also found out yesterday good news for the Youngstown State men's basketball program. They officially accepted an invitation to the 2020 collegeinsider.com postseason tournament, most commonly referred to as the CIT. The first round, the Penguins will have an opponent to be named later. But we do know their first game will be Wednesday, March 18th at 7 o'clock at home. They have played in this tournament before. It was back in 2013 where they won their first round game, defeated Oakland, and then lost to Kinesis 84-82 in overtime back in 2013 at Beagley. But it, it will be only the second time in program history as a Division I team to qualify for postseason play after the conference tournament. And it, it, it's not the NCAA tournament. It's not the NIT. But you know what? Postseason play is postseason play because it can help with recruiting. It gives your underclassmen more opportunities to continue to practice, continue to play, and continue to win. I mean... It gives your upperclassmen a stage to get themselves to the next level. To showcase their abilities. And right. we do not know when, I mean, we don't know at this point who the opponent is going to be. Yeah, I was on the CIT's website. They have no... Nothing, nothing yet. yet, right. In fact, I'm wondering, well, we might as well put it out there, the white elephant's there. With the coronavirus, the Ivy League's already canceled their tournament. Right, they have. They, they, their regular they season champions today. were going to be their their teams that represent their conference in in the NCAA the tournament. tournament. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a possibility this might happen here. There's tournaments getting canceled. There's they're talking about NBA games not having spectators. They're NBA, talking about, NHL. They're talking about the big game. The big bracket game coming up. Oh, March there were Madden, there were division three no. tournament games. I, I learned a lot about that last week. If yeah. you didn't know, there were division three tournament games that were played in front of no fans last week. I believe it. So it, it's one I of mean, those. I, where, I watched some on the plus, right? And there were very little, if any, fans in the stands. So yeah, we don't know who the opponent will be. Tickets have gone on sale officially today for that game, uh, for an opponent to be determined. And uh, once we find out who that will be, we'll make sure to pass that along. But, uh, you know, we, it's a team we've been following closely. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been a record-breaking year for the, for the Penguins. And it needs to be recognized for what they have done. It was their most home-court wins in the history of the Penguin program 
since they've been a Division One school. 13 home court wins. I believe they were like 13 and 3. Don't mm-hmm. quote me, but it's something yeah. to that effect. 13 and 3 is in around about the right spot. They won 18 games overall. That's tied for third most in a year in program history. The best two players on this team are a sophomore and a junior. Two seniors that were fantastic contributors to the team, but the majority of your squad is back for next year. This year was a good year. Playing in these tournaments, I think, is fantastic, but I think next year could be special. I think next year could really be special for this team. It's going to be interesting to see how they develop. Once we know who their opponent is, we'll make sure to let you know that as well. Time for another break. When we come back, we flip the script. We talk some hockey. John Rutter joins us next on By All Means. We're right back on Western Reserve Radio, live on Facebook, Live 365. Tune in, westernreserveradio.com. By all means, brought to you by Martusio Chiropractic and Health Center, 369 Niles Cortland Road in Warren. Accepting new patients now. Give them a call at 330-856-9595. To the phones, we talk some Pittsburgh Penguins hockey. That means our Penguins insider, John Rudder, is on the phone. John, it's been a while. How you doing, man? How you doing, my friend? Good to talk to you again. You too. It always seems like when we talk Penguins, things are not going well. And to put it mildly, John, things are not going well right now at all. No, losers of eight of their last ten, and uh, they're in a really peculiar stretch because uh, for the majority of the season, you know, they battled some injuries. It seems like every time we talk, we're always talking about injuries as well, and uh, they had some significant injuries this year. Malkin missed a significant portion of, portion of time. Sidney Crosby missed some time. Uh, Brian Dumoulin missed some time. And everyone was kind of, you know, assuming that once they got these guys healthy, that uh, they were things were going to kind of level off, and everyone was really waiting for them to to make a run. And then with the addition of of Jason Zucker and Patrick Marlowe, uh, but that never really happened. Uh, we're we're seeing some some uncharacteristic hockey, some th- mistakes being made that this team didn't make through the first you know half of the season, and it's really peculiar and it really makes you scratch your head because you don't expect this team with you know the guys that are on this roster to make some of these mistakes. You know, we're talking about you know bad tor- turnovers, misplaying the puck, just overall bad decisions, things that are very uncharacteristic from this team. It's almost like you know they played with more structure and more uh, grit when the stars were out, and they knew that they you know that guys had to step up, uh, and they were able to do that in the first half of the season with all those injuries. And right now they're they're certainly searching for some answers. And you know, John, if you're a casual fan and you're just you're not even watching the game, you're just checking out the score of the last couple of games, you're thinking, well, Murray and Jari are playing terrible. But to me, it, it's not just them. It's the defense in front of them. The odd man rushes, the breakaways that they're giving up. It's, it's, it's been a lot of the defensive-minded fault, not just on the two goalies, at least for me. Yeah, you're exactly right. And you know, I heard somebody describe it uh, that you know you could you could put everybody in a in a you could put everybody in a backpack and hit it with a bat, and whoever came out with a fractured skull would probably deserve it because it, up up and down the lineup, there's just you know everybody is playing bad. You know, you can look at Sidney Crosby; he's a minus. 
uh, Matt Murray, Tristan Jari, doesn't matter who's in net. Nobody's really stepping up and uh, asserting themselves as that number one goaltender and making those big saves. And on the back end, you know, Chris Letang's making mistakes. Brian Dumoulin hasn't played, hasn't played all that well, even though he's been injured. Justin Schultz hasn't been good all season long, and this was kind of a big season for him because uh, he's coming up on a contract situation. There's just so many uh, issues that that have uh, popped up, and particularly they're all coming together recently. And that's what we've, that's what we've really seen over this recent ten game stretch. It's 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 really frustrating for Penguins fans. John, you know that you mentioned all the trades that they made leading up to the deadline, and. It makes me wonder. I know the goal was to make these moves to make the team better because, I mean, let's be honest about it. The window for them being a championship contender, it's not closing, but it's heading that way. And it makes me wonder, even though the moves are made with the best of intentions, have they really disrupted the chemistry and the structure of the Penguins? Um, I don't think to answer that question bluntly, no, I don't think that they did. Um, but there were definitely some. There were a couple of moves that I that were, I guess, eyebrow raising for me because they didn't necessarily. I'm not a big fan of retreads and bringing back and, and I, I and bringing back Connor Sherry was um, kind of you know, it definitely fits that mold. Um, but what what really struck me was bringing in a guy like Patrick Marlowe. Now he's a tremendous player. Uh, his you know career and his body of work speaks for himself, but this felt a lot like the Jerome again the trade, um, and that was you know several you know going back six eight eight years ago with that trade, and everybody was expecting the Penguins to um, you know to be a cup favorite when that happened, and he just didn't necessarily gel with the team. They didn't play him. They played him on his off off wing. They got him to play with Sid. He never played with Sid, and. It just seemed like, you know, the right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing, and that they didn't make that trade with with the understanding of what they were going to actually or how they're going to actually implement Jerome McGill into the lineup. And when I saw that Mar- that they traded for Patrick Marlowe, I-, I-, I kind of felt the same way. And I know that they're different players, and I know that uh, you know they got him to play in a bottom six role. But here we are tonight. The Penguins are in New Jersey, and Patrick Marlowe is on the second line with with Evgeny Malkin. So. Just different things like that that really kind of leave me scratching my head. Uh, I think that Jason Zucker was was a huge get. I think that you know we talk about the window being open, and I think that you want to maximize that window right now with with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. You can throw Chris Letang in there when you have an opportunity. You know they're certainly still a cup contender, and you have an opportunity to get a guy like Jason Zucker. That that's the type of trade that I like because he still comes with some contractual control and he's going to help you in the next couple of years, particularly because you're going to be bringing back a guy from injury like Jake Gensel next year. Our Penguins insider, John Rudder, joins us on the phone here on episode two of By All Means. And John, here's my other question about the goaltending situation. I, whether it's a quarterback or a goaltender, it's, well, to me it's that, well, if you have two, you really don't have one. And I always like to have one goaltender going into the postseason. And do they have one that they can be confident in to roll out there and play every game in their opening round series? Well, right, uh, right now, no, because nobody has really played like a number one goalie, and I, I think that that's uh, shocking for Penguins fans and you know people that cover the team because Tristan Jari, Matt Murray, you know these guys are both very talented goaltenders. They both have had success. Uh, you know, Matt Murray's success speaks for himself. He 
technically won two cups as a rookie, uh, but he really hasn't asserted himself as that number one goaltender. Uh, and it's frustrating to see now. Uh, yes, the team has played bad in front of him. Yes, the defense hasn't done anything to help him out in front of him. But at the same time, you're allowed to make a tough save. You know, not every shot that should go in has to go in. You're allowed to make a big save, and we're not seeing that from either of these guys. Uh, we thought that competition might breed the best out of these two, and it really hasn't. So I- I'm really disappointed to see how the goaltending situation has played out. Because if you, I mean, if you were to to ask me right now who's the Penguins' goaltender at an opening round playoff series, I don't know what that answer would be. Now, I think that you need to have a have multiple guys that you're able to turn to. Look at 2016. Look at 2017. You know, you they went down to they went down the roster to Jeff Zatkoff, who was who was in goal for a game and and had to get them a win in 2016. So you definitely need at least two guys that you can count on. But historically speaking, I would say that you can count on these guys. But this season, specifically this stretch run that they've been on, man, they've really they've have really let dropped the ball. And you look at it. I mean, a streak of losing eight out of ten is never good, but. It coincides with you know that other team across the state probably being the if not the hottest team in the league, one of the hottest team in the in the league, and it's not helping as they fall down the standings. Yeah, I think I was going to say you're kind of that's kind of exasperating things, isn't it? You're seeing the Flyers go on this tear, and now they've jumped over you in the standings, and they really weren't a, a team that was expected to make a whole lot of noise this year, and here they are kind of going on a run, and you know, you're the Penguins, you've got your star power, you've you're still got this window open for to contend for Stanley Cups, and you're starting to, to, to struggle, and I, I think that maybe what is... Like what is catching people so off guard about this is that it just is so unexpected, right? We saw them persevere and play so well when they were missing so many pieces. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, maybe the beginning of February, Mike Sullivan was a candidate and, and arguably the favorite to win the Jack Adams Award. Now here we are on this stretch, and you know you're just kind of scratching your head at why haven't they been able to figure this out? We've heard so many guys talk in that locker room about accountability, and right now it doesn't look like there is any in that locker room, in that dressing room, because from Sidney Crosby all the way down to a guy like Connor Sheary, the last guy on the bench, there isn't any accountability. You're seeing guys make bad mistakes. You're seeing guys make poor turnovers. You're seeing guys make bad decisions, and that can't happen, particularly when you're trying to gear up for a playoff run. And I think that at times we – find ourselves looking at this team and and we see that they maybe have that mentality that they can flip on the switch and you know they can play at 75 or 85 percent and get away with it because they're so talented well you're not always able to get away with it and you can't you know mentally flip that switch when the playoffs come around I would like to see them start to generate some positive momentum here as the season winds down but I've yet to see that right now. And you look at it too, and I mean, New Jersey is a game you got to win because they are struggling. Even though they've won two in a row overall, they're not a good hockey team. You got a Columbus team coming up next game that's desperate. That becomes a, a huge game. And if you're the Penguins right now, you're you're one game over 500 on the road. If you want to be a contender, you got to be better than that away from home. Yeah, I think they're just as far out of uh, first place as they are from uh, falling out of a playoff spot. So they're in a really precarious position, and they've got some very important games coming up. Uh, and they didn't do themselves any favors because, you know, look at Washington, look at Carolina. Washington is a good team, but they were coming into that game and it struggled. Carolina had come into the game 
and they had struggled on Sunday, and then they you know they take a six to two loss. New Jersey, this is another team that you should be. You, you're. I don't want to say that this is a must win because if they lose this game, they're not out of the playoffs. But man, you really need to start playing with some sense of urgency, and I don't get that from them right now. I mean, you look at that game against Carolina. You're playing a rookie goaltender in his sixth NHL start, and you really didn't challenge him, and you give up six on the other end. It's not going to work. No, and you know their power play has been putrid. I think that they were like what one for seven in that game. Uh, the only time that they scored was whenever they were on a five on three, and they weren't able to hold a lead. You know, they they did jump out and get the one nothing lead, and then you know, thirty seconds a minute later, it's already tied up. They haven't been able to generate any momentum, and it's just it's it's so frustrating to watch because you look at the star power on this roster. You look at the guys that are out there on that power play, and you're like, well, this should be able to at least generate some momentum. And what I mean by that is, you know, a power play doesn't have to always score for it to generate your momentum, right? You can, if you're able to get the puck in, get some shots on the net, generate some zone time, that can kind of shift the ice in your favor. And they're just, they're just not doing that. John, they struggle getting. The, yes, sir. We're up against it. We got to let you go, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Take care. Thanks for having me. John Rudder, our Pittsburgh Penguins insider. We'll be back with more By All Means, brought to you by Merchants Located in Applewood Estates in Boardman Township, the Apple. Back for episode two of By All Means, brought to you by Marticio Chiropractic and Health Center. Give them a call at 330-856-9595. Find us on the Live 365 app. Tune in, westernreserveradio.com, Facebook Live. It's out there if you want to see the live video of us in the studio, which, you know, let me rephrase that. Not of us. You. Conveniently of just (laughs) me. And uh, Dave being behind the board is out of the range of the Facebook Live camera right now. I I am being told that the camera is getting moved. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I just haven't heard when. Or where? Or where. I like it in... If you put it in that corner well, there... I, he's thinking that wall there to shine everything on this side I, of the I like that because, you know, we're working on some uh, in-studio guests to be joining us for this show here in the next oh, couple of weeks. It's perfect right there then because it gets the banner, it gets you, it'll get your guests. Um, so we'll it keeps tell you, me out of the mix. We'll tell you uh, who's coming on next week in the last segment of the show and who might be coming on in two weeks because, gee, let's see. That week, I wonder what happens two days after the first show that after the show that week. So our show would be on Tuesday, right. and Thursday is opening day. So I wonder what we'll talk about the entire show that week. Rugby, probably golf. I was figuring rugby. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that'll be the dedicated baseball episode where we'll do the predictions. We'll talk some fantasy baseball. You never know who might stop by. I've actually been working on some. Uh, Not holding my breath on the tribe. So well, we'll get to that. I have, I have definitely have my opinion about that. One of the things that we are going to do, and let it be known, this was requested by Dave today in a, in a pre-show phone conversation. The Big Ten tournament begins tonight, but right. that's not. We're going to talk about that. But the big dance, since we're not going to really call it all we of those things. Yeah, we can't call it what it we is. We can't, right. The, the large basketball tournament involving 64 schools, we're going to fill out brackets, and we're going to see who does better. And uh, you know, I have been known to lose bracket challenges to different people in my life over the years. Uh, my strategy is I'm just going to talk to your wife and have her pick my game. You're going to pick it by school colors and mascots. <laughs> I know you. 
Lipscomb, where's that? <laughs> Walford, that dog's cute. I'm picking them. Anyway, the Big Ten tournament begins today in what has been a very interesting year for Big Ten basketball because they have been, in years past, the ACC is perceived to be the best conference in the country. Duke's been a little down this year. North Carolina's been a joke. So the Big Ten has been that team, or that conference that most people look at and say, that's the best conference in college basketball. But they're probably not going to have anybody above a three or a four line when the tournament is announced over the weekend. So how do you do that? You have to have an impressive showing in the conference tournament and then hope that boosts your seating so maybe somebody gets a three. Because although there could be as many as 10 to 12 Big Ten teams make the NCAA tournament, none of them are going to be ranked very high. So it is now up to the conference, the elite of the conference, to prove that they are worthy. Games actually you know, getting underway tomorrow on Wednesday. Northwestern will play Minnesota in the 13-12 game. And then Nebraska and Indiana will play about roughly a half hour later in the 14-11 game. And those teams that play in those games, they would have to play. Think about it. If you want to win a Big Ten tournament championship and you play in the opening round on the 11th, you would have to win four games in four days to play in the championship on Saturday afternoon. You're going to be out of gas. Almost an impossibility. The Ohio State women went on a great run last week. They got all the way to the conference tournament and lost to number one Maryland. It is almost impossible. Northwestern, Minnesota, Nebraska, Indiana. Maybe Indiana makes the field. Maybe they don't. The teams that are really on the bubble, I would think, are Indiana and Rutgers. You get to Wednesday's games, and Wednesday you've got that team. We all know who that team is. I don't have mm-hmm. to mention it. Nope. They play Rutgers. That is a critical game for either one of them for making the field and determining where they're going to be seated. 25 minutes after that game is over, you've got the Northwestern and Minnesota winner playing Iowa, who's one of the hottest teams in conference. They're the five seed. Good luck to whichever one of those teams. Minnesota has been known to pull some upsets this year. They beat the Buckeyes twice. So they can win games when they need to. Yes, Brian, if you're watching, they've had a decent year. But I don't think they're a tournament team this year. Then at 6.30, you've got Purdue and Ohio State. A game the Buckeyes should win. The nightcap is a you know surprising, very good Penn State team this year that Ohio State destroyed at home and got hammered by on the road in Happy Valley. But for Ohio State, the problem because you're the seventh seed. Congratulations if you beat Purdue on Wednesday. On Thursday, excuse me, on the 12th. Congratulations. You now get Michigan State in the second round, who they just got hammered by in East Lansing over the weekend. And I know it's a neutral court. It's in Indiana. It's centrally located for, allegedly, it's centrally located for all of the Big Ten schools. So that would be their opponent. And then, of course, you've got 
Wisconsin, Michigan State, Maryland, and Illinois all getting the double buys into the games on the 13th. That's why in a conference like the Big Ten, that double buy is unbelievably critical because you're already in a five-day tournament. You've already eliminated two days by getting the double buy. So at most, you're only going to play three days in a row. So it is, it, is, it is set up to favor those four teams by their regular season performances. But as I look at this field, I don't think there is an absolutely dominant team. With the exceptions of the four teams playing tomorrow, I think anybody can win this tournament. I think the Big Ten is pretty even across the board. It was a year where, with few exceptions, teams were dominant at home and got beat on the road in conference play, and they beat up on each other. Does that mean the Big Ten will look good come the tournament, the, you know, the NCAA tournament, or will they struggle? I think only time is going to tell, because Big Ten basketball at times can be lost in the past, because the premier players on a lot of these Big Ten teams, are big guys. They're big guys at Ohio State. They're big guys at Michigan, although the guards are pretty good. I said that word. I'll put the dollar in the swear jar over here. Okay, here we go. I can't believe I did that. I'm oh. going to have to get a button for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's unacceptable. We'll get that corrected later. But it's one of those where I, I just don't know what to expect. I, I think it's another opportunity where could Rutgers win the whole darn thing? They could. They probably won't. It's, it's going to be, th- whether it's this tournament or filling out a bracket over the weekend. I, I, I was listening to a national talk show this week, and one of their experts was like, well, I think there's 30 different teams that can win the national championship. That's unheard of. In years past, you knew you had your elite, maybe six teams, eight teams, that could win the whole thing. There's so much parity this year. Dayton. It's one of the top four teams in the country. And if they, the NCAA steps in and because of the coronavirus limits the amount of fans or they're talking possibly no fans at any of these tournaments and games in the NCAA, you can throw out home court advantage because well, the players feed off the fans. Well, there is no home court advantage in right. the tournament. Well, yeah, that's what I'm, but I'm, what I'm, there can be because right, you can have an it, excessive amount of fans well, yeah, it all depends that come on for that tournament. Who you are, right? how and well I'm, your fans travel. Right. And that's where, gonna take it right out of it. Where the game is. Like you look at perfect example. I did those division three games on Western Reserve two for right. Grove City Which over the congratulations weekend. Congratulations to Grove City for right. making it as far as they did. Yeah, record breaking season for yep. uh, another twenty win year, first tournament victory. The teams that were in there were from Grove City, Pennsylvania, Worcester, Ohio, outside of Williamsport, Pennsylvania, and in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And Besides the home school, Grove City probably had the largest contingency of fans because they were the next closest school to the College of Worcester. Right. And that, that helps. It's one of those where it kind of it gives you an advantage. Think about it from this perspective. In the Division Three tournament, and I, it's, com- it's a completely different world right. than the Division One tournament. It is. But same number of teams, but one school hosts three others in the first two rounds. So there were 32 schools that hosted last Friday. 
Of the 32 schools that hosted, how many do you think lost their opening round game? Of those 32? 28. Lost their opening round. The home team. The home team? Yeah. How many home teams lost? Four. Three. Three? Three of the of the 32 teams lost. Lost that were the home team. Grove City was one of those three. It, it, it's set up to be a difficult situation like that. So it, it is challenging. It is beneficial if you have a home crowd or if you are... Because the NCAA has done better with the pods of trying to keep you close to home if they can. Right. Because it brings in a better fan base. It brings in a better fan base. It makes it better for television. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're an oddball like me and you follow a West Coast team. Yeah, we, which we still don't understand. Like Arizona. Why. Yeah. I'll tell you the story if you want to hear it. we got a minute. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so you'll see me wear Arizona stuff when the tournament comes around. I was... High school, maybe, maybe even a little bit younger, flipping around watching TV one day, and ABC had their old college dunk contest on. There was a skinny point guard for the University of Arizona in the dunk contest that day. It won that day. It made me grow my interest in Arizona basketball. You may know him as former Cleveland Indians outfielder Kenny Lofton. Didn't know those two t- pass would ever cross in baseball like they did, but watching him win the dunk contest and highlights of the way they played, up and down, shoot threes, I'm going to dunk on you, mm-hmm. first through 100 wins, that's always been a style of basketball that's attracted to me. The hell with defense, let's score 100. And that's how they used to play. Right. And I just was always fascinated by that, and then luckily through the way television and sports TV has grown, it's not as hard to follow teams like that that play on the West Coast, and it makes it a little bit easier. So, yeah, Kenny Lofton. Especially when you're not in the blackout area for that right. team. Now, I may not have the network that their conference has, but that's a different conversation for another day. So, yeah, it was Kenny Lofton, eventually, you know, Indians Hall of Fame outfielder that kind of tied that all together for me before they won their last national championship in 1997, which. I have so few teams in my life that win championships. I got to find ones that do. And, you know, Arizona's won one. The Penguins have won a few for me. Yeah. The Cavs have won one and the hell with the rest of them because none of them <laughs> else have won a championship at pretty much anything. Right. So, Big Ten tournament underway tomorrow. Of course, Ohio State plays Purdue on Big Ten Network. If you happen to have that at 6.30 on Thursday night. And uh, hopefully I'll be home in time to watch that game as well. When we come back, we look ahead. What's going on on Western Reserve Radio this weekend, next week? Who's going to be coming up on future shows? And, and a, and a shout-out and a thank you to the first sponsor of this show, Martusio Chiropractic and Health Center. We'll talk a little bit about Dr. Martusio coming up as well. You can still get on board. One segment left to go. 330-707-4202. It's by all means on Western Reserve Radio. Just about ready to put episode number two in the closet for the week. By all means, brought to you by Martusio Chiropractic and Health Center. That is 369 Niles Cortland Road in Warren or at 330-856-9595. We thank Dr. Martusio and his fine staff for being the first sponsor 
of this show, I've been in many different fantasy leagues with Doc, and uh, uh, he always is the host and is always entertaining. And uh, I'll tell you that when I uh, I hurt my back just recently and spent a lot of time there and pretty much got me back on the road in about three weeks, so he can definitely help you yep. on the road He's to recovery me a couple as times well. Too. So thank you to him for being the sponsor of the show now. Uh, thank you to our Penguins insider, John Rudder, for joining us. We'll talk to John as the season goes along and the playoffs are coming. Hey, don't forget Phantoms Hockey right here on Western Reserve Radio this weekend against the Dubuque Fighting Saints, Friday and Saturday, 6.45 airtime. Puck drop at 7.05. Next week's going to be a fun show because we're going to spend a lot of time focusing in on Dave and my bracket. And uh, we'll fill our brackets out before the show. Yes, I'll have done before the show. Because my buddy Greg Peterson, he hosts Hoopin' with Hops on the Vegas Sports and Information Netting Betting Network. It is on Sirius XM 204. He's going to be on the show with us around 525 to help us get ready for the tournament. It'll be the play-in games those days. So Greg Peterson... The Sports Betting Network, Sirius XM 204, with us for next week's show. And I was talking about this episode with a few people. Like, so what's on tap for today? And I said, you know what? I'm going to do a whole show. And we're not going to talk about baseball one time. They couldn't believe that I could actually do that. And we did it. They got about 45 seconds left in this one. Oh, there'll be a lot of baseball talk in the upcoming months. Indians, Pirates, Scrappers, the minor leagues for both teams. There'll be a lot of that. But maybe it, some high school baseball. It's that time of the year right now where it is basketball centric with even the Cavs playing well. That is going to do it for episode two, by all means. Brought to you by Martusio Chiropractic and Health Center. We'll talk to you next Tuesday from 506 right here on the Valley's home for Phantoms Hockey. It's Western Reserve Radio.